0: Thank you. Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and this week we are coming back to a subject that we tackled just a couple of weeks ago. The Hillsborough County School District had, at that time, decided that it would be changing the names of the mascots at schools that had used names referring to Native American groups, Indians, Braves, Warriors, things like that. Now it turns out the school board got some pushback from people in the community and in a move that was not expected and not on any agenda, the board has asked the school district to slow down and maybe rethink its priorities and processes. So we have Marlene Sokol, our Hillsborough County education reporter, to talk about what happened at that meeting. And we're going to jump right into that conversation now. So Marlene, I did not expect to be... Well, first, welcome back to the podcast. Let me start there.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: I did not expect to be talking about the whole issue of Native American mascots in Hillsborough County schools again so soon. You might recall that we had one of the prime movers in getting the school district to agree to remove those names just a couple weeks ago on this podcast, and now you're telling us that the school board nixed that proposal?
1: Well, they did not entirely nix it, and a lot is unclear, but they basically said, whoa, let's take a pause. And they, they did this um, they did this yesterday. They did it during a specially called board meeting that had been called for something entirely different. And they did it at a time when cameras had been turned off. Um, uh, totally a different but related issue. The school board has been doing much of its work, I want to say, in the shadows. They turn the cameras off a lot, and they leave them off a lot.
0: Let me ask you about one piece you just mentioned there, uh- Uh, An item that was not on the agenda, besides not being publicized, it was not even advertised?
1: Well, television knew about it, but the school board's own lawyer did not know about it, and the um, Native American organization did not know about it. Just let me break it down. The meeting had been properly advertised. It was a special called board meeting um, to adopt into policy. Uh, the state practice, the state mandated practice of creating threat assessment plans. So this was out of 7030, something that the state ordered and Hillsborough County School Board said, we're going to have a specially called board meeting to formally adopt this into our district policy. So it was just a
0: one time, one issue, in and out type of board meeting or should have been.
1: Well, and they added appointment of principals to it, two principals, 19 assistant principals, but yes. Now, where it goes into the shadows is that since January, the board has had a practice of not televising its audience comment, public comment period. So any board meeting, even if it's a specially called board meeting, you have to give the public a chance to comment. So at the very beginning of the meeting, they had audience comment time. Cameras were off because this year they they keep them off. And what happened was a group of people from Brandon came up uh, representing Brooker Elementary School, which is having its mascot change. They were the Brooker Braves. And they had parents and children, some very small children, making speeches about, about, you know, save our Braves and, you know, this is unnecessary. And so during that public comment period, the co- the public comment had ended, but the cameras had not yet been turned on, so it was still in the shadows, as I like to say, and one of the board members introduced a motion and said, hey, you know, we need to put a pause on this changing of mascots. I
0: have two questions that are related to that. First, okay. if they are doing privately, or I guess non-broadcast, because it's not private, sections of the meeting as soon as they went to make a motion wouldn't that have automatically triggered them or shouldn't it have triggered them to start recording because it's now formal action
1: well they do record everything they make an audio recording which i believe is is required by law my understanding is the law does not require them to telecast anything so and again I'm not a lawyer but I do not think that they are violating any law when they say well let's keep the cameras turned off during the morning session or let's keep the cameras turned off during the audience comments. Now customarily they the, the formal board meeting in the afternoon everything except audience comments is telecast. In this particular so I don't think they broke a law it seems like I don't know. I don't know whether it was deliberate that that this board member introduced the motion while cameras were still off, but she did.
0: So then the second question is, how could they introduce a motion to take an action on an item that is not properly advertised? Because I thought that that is not an emergency and you have to give a certain period of time for the general public to know what the meeting is about.
1: Yeah, and their lawyer, Jim Porter, he caught that right away, and he he interrupted them, and he said exactly that. He said, look, this is not on the agenda. You cannot direct the superintendent to do anything right now because it's not on the agenda. It has not been advertised, but he bent a little bit. He told them that they could make a request. So what they did was they voted the, unanimously to ask the superintendent to put things on pause until they can, you know, discuss it as a group. And the superintendent, seeing that was a seven to nothing vote, he said, OK, I will.
0: So let's so- talk about unanimous then, because you have board members who represent distinct groups that have not always been the majority. They represent Hispanic groups and black Americans African Americans and, and a variety of others and yet they were all seemingly okay with calling schools braves and Indians and in chiefs
1: Well they, they didn't go that far but what but first of all I think it was a, a stunning display of solidarity for each other as politicians because what became very clear in the remarks was they were doing this because they got pushback from the voters they got pushback from their constituents. So, you know, politics reigns supreme. Now, just just not to overstate it, um, most of the people up there last night, they did not say, oh, we think it's okay to keep Indian names. Now, two of them who voted with the majority, Karen Perez and Tammy Schomberger, they didn't say anything, but they voted yes. And as you point out, you know, Tammy Schomberger is very out there in terms of, you know, an advocate for African-American students. She was at the forefront of the effort to rename Lee Elementary School. We can't name it after a Civil War general anymore. This is 2019. Very eloquent on that issue. Um, In fact, I'm going to read a quote from her when she said, uh, for anyone to assert that changing the name is erasing history or some sort of revisionist history is laughable and delusional at best. So when the issue was Robert E. Lee Elementary School, she, she was very outspoken on why the name should be changed. Now, in terms of the Native American mascot, uh, she really didn't say one way or the other how she feels. But, but just to be clear, what they voted on yesterday was not, you know, we're, we're going to kill it. What they voted on was that we will put it on pause until we as a board have had a chance to sit down and discuss it. And and see where we are. Now, the other one who voted yes, very surprisingly, Karen Perez, who everything until now from Karen Perez has been about inclusiveness and about minorities. I mean, she's the one who translates the school board announcements into both Spanish and American Sign Language. So she is all about being sensitive, you know, to to marginalized groups she voted yes as well so it it was unanimous and and that that was that was quite surprising to me
0: I guess I don't understand at the bottom of this what the school board has in mind then because if all they want to do is review something that took months to reach an agreement and it was pretty much of a compromise at that point to to stop insulting basically a one group of of people who were felt marginalized and insulted what Are they hoping to do by putting this on pause, except for, like you said, perhaps satisfying their neighbors who said, hey, but we're the Braves and we like we like it.
1: Yeah, they were all over the map last night. Um, they, They were Steve Kona in particular. He said that, you know, he grew up in the Forest Hills area. He said, I grew up in the Forest Hills area and that community embraced the fact that you went to elementary school, you were brave. And when you went to middle school, you were a warrior. And then you became a chief. Those were traditions that bind communities together. So from his remarks last night, he he was saying, yes, we need to keep the names. And, and Lynn Gray, who was often very progressive and, and, you know, pretty much to the left, if you want to call it that, she started making comments about, well, if you change history and mascot is part of history. So they so none of. You know, it was various ideas that they threw out there. I think with Melissa Snively, who represents East Hillsborough, where this uprising came from, she seemed more concerned about the process. She felt like the community was not involved in this, and she compared it to when they tried to change the bell schedules without telling anybody, including us. You know, they just changed the bell schedules, and and everybody reacted, and, and it was a big mess, and they had to go back and start from scratch, what most of the ones who spoke last night, what most of them mentioned was that they had heard from their constituents. And and again, making it very clear that it was the blowback that, that that bothered them as much as, you know, not so much we like Indian names, but the people who voted me into office are mad at me now.
0: But so they didn't offer any sort of possible solution, just the fact that they want to take a closer look so they could spend 3 months discussing it and then saying well that was the right decision to make after all anyway so let's just stick with it
1: yeah and and what's there there are a lot of there are a few things about this that are kind of ironic and interesting this is a school board that 2 years ago adopted um a racial equi- racial equity policy Very strongly worded. Um, It directs the school district administration to, quote, confront the institutional racism. You know, I mean, it has the words institutional racism in it, and it directs Jeff Akins and everyone on his staff to, to find that institutional racism and eradicate it. Um, they're very proud of this policy. This is the policy that they use as the as the legal basis for their Achievement Schools Initiative, which gives more resources to schools based on need. Um, they're also, they also, okay, well, looking at a press release, it's not often that a press release is fascinating, but When the district announced on May 13th that they were changing these mascots, they put out a statement that says, and I'm quoting again, using Native American images and mascots can easily reduce living human beings to the level of a cartoon, caricature, or stereotype. Even when there is no bad intent, these images can carry on and spread some of the symbols of the most painful parts of our great country's history." So this is a very strong statement. Now, the school board did not draft this statement. The administration did. But they were really taking a stand that it is not acceptable, you know, to name a school after an ethnic group. Now, of course, three paragraphs later, they say but we'll allow it in the high schools. They say we believe high school students at the high school level are better prepared to understand the differences and sensitivities around cultures. So it's a little bit confusing how it's unacceptable in paragraph three, but okay for high school kids in paragraph six.
0: I also wonder though, Marlene, because if it was unacceptable in one paragraph acceptable in another paragraph, but unknown to the school board, did they not even run this press release by them and said, Hey, guess what guys? We're going to do this major thing.
1: I don't know, and it's been suggested to me that one place where Jeff Akins might have fallen down on the job is that he did not prepare the school board members for the blowback they were going to get. Now, there was a lot of discussion last night on, was the school board consulted? I mean, here's the reality of that. Again, transparency. They were never consulted as a group. I've been to every one of their meetings and workshops. That never happened. They were consulted during one-on-one conversations, which is how a lot of the businesses transacted. So they were going around and around on the issue of were we consulted? And Steve Kona, at one point, he said, we were informed that this was happening, but when I was informed, it was was not, what do you think about this? It was, this is happening. So I don't know if Superintendent Aikens polled the board one-on-one, I don't know if he just informed them we're doing this, but clearly he did not prepare them for the backlash that they were going to get from from people who say, oh, it's perfectly all right to, to, to name us, you know, to name a mascot after the, you know, Native Americans.
0: It's hard to imagine that they wouldn't expect some sort of backlash, because even if these people aren't racist in any way, shape or form, they love the name of their school and they don't want to change it. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I I honestly, and I, I, I wish I knew what was in their minds, but I don't know what's in their minds. It's, it's, it's just very perplexing.
0: So next steps sound like they're going to be the administration going hat in hand to, I imagine, the Native American groups and explaining why all of a sudden things aren't moving in their direction anymore.
1: Yeah, and I I believe that there there has been an invitation extended, and and even before this happened, there had been an invitation extended. Um, you know, and, and this is a group that, and I, I really only know Shannon. I don't I don't know ter- her terribly well, but both you and I interviewed her, and I'm sure you would agree. This is not somebody who is seeking the spotlight. And, and and the way she described her organization, this is really their worst nightmare because they were never seeking the spotlight. Shannon, at first, was reluctant to, to be interviewed because they did not want a lot of publicity around this. And the reason why they did not want a lot of publicity around this is because they, they don't want their children to be targets. They don't want their children to, to be fearful. And so, what they were hoping—at least, according to you know the way Shannon described it to me—they were hoping these changes would happen very quietly, um, just you know under the radar, and, and and also you know to keep everything in a positive tone. Um, some of what they've done at, at Chamberlain and East Bay High School is along the lines of education and teaching ch- teaching students about Native American culture and cooking and and customs. So they've been trying to keep this positive, trying to keep it under the radar. I I, I think it's safe to say that the last thing they would want is a backlash like this. And, you know, and unfortunately that that's what went on.
0: I'm refraining myself from saying anything that's going to get me in trouble so (laughs) i i want to i'm trying very hard to to get with that too (laughs) so i guess you know at this point we have to just sort of wait and see but i'll be fascinated to see how the superintendent works with this because the board i don't know they seem like they've set themselves up no matter what their rationale is to stop something that seemed fairly progressive that we were saying the eighth largest school district in the nation is doing something that other places aren't doing and and now not so much
1: I think they want to have their cake and eat it too, which who wouldn't? And I, I, I if I had a guess, I'd say they will have some type of discussion on June 11th. The superintendent has committed to, to scheduling a discussion. I really hope they turn cameras on. I, I, I hope it's not another case of me with my phone in their faces. You know, I hope they use their own resources to telecast it. I think the whole community should see this. I think they should do it in full transparency and if i had a guess i'd say they will have a discussion and you know i but i don't know what the outcome is going to be because here's the other thing the six schools that committed to changing their mascots they have already chosen new mascots i don't know what those mascots are but you know the superintendent said this last night they surveyed the students during the final weeks of the school year they surveyed the parents So they are pretty far along in this process. So I do not know if one of the options is let's roll back the clock and go back to having the Braves and the Chiefs and the Indians. You you know, I, I don't know if that's an option or if they will just have a discussion. And that way, these seven board members can satisfy their constituents that they were heard, you know, that their voices were heard and then move forward and do it anyway. Um, Another possible compromise would be, all right, we'll change it out at these six schools, but in the future, anything like this will involve a process. It will involve community outreach. It will, you know, so, so that it's not just done to the community, that the community feels that they have some sort of, you know, buy-in and say-so. So if I had to say a guess, they're, they're going to look for some type of middle ground like that.
0: Well, that would make sense. I mean, they do ask people to submit ideas for names when they build a new school and then they let students, like you say, vote on what the mascots will be at a new school. And I don't think that they offer them Indians, Chiefs and Braves, though. So um, maybe just going forward, we will see something positive and maybe they will get to sort of save face a little bit on this one, because right now I would have to say it doesn't look good to take back something like this.
1: No, I mean, they, they took something that they were very, that at least the district leadership was very proud of. And yeah, I, I don't think yesterday was a good day. I think I don't think we'll get in trouble if we if we agree that yesterday they didn't look good.
0: That's the end of our conversation and the end of our podcast. What do you think about this whole issue of naming mascots after Native American groups and What do you think about the way that the school board handled it? Let us know on our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook, where we will post this podcast. You can put your comments right underneath. To keep up on the latest in Florida education breaking news, keep going to our blog, the gradebook, www.tampabay.com slash gradebook. And please continue, if you want to, to review our podcast on the places where you can get it, like iTunes and Google, and share it with your friends. We Love to hear your ideas of what you think we should talk about next. Uh, you can send me an email, jsolichek at com. I'm reporter Jeff Solichek. Thanks again for listening.